Terabytes is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing on the show is advice. No financial, tax, legal, or any other kind of advice. Nothing we say is an inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy. Anything you invest in is at your own risk. Do your own research and consult with professionals. Welcome back to Terabytes, everyone. We've got a special guest on from SubQuery. His name is James. He's calling in from New Zealand on the other side of the world. So a uh, very uh, diff difficult time zone for you over there. Do you always keep these kinds of hours, James? Well, this is not too bad, actually. Talking to Americans is really good. It's, it's the Europeans that make things make life difficult. But um, we're, we're, it's 8 a.m. here, but it's in the oh, day, okay. in the future, right? So, so high from the future, uh, the weather's kind of crap. <laughs> Uh, but, but that's life. Really, well, speaking of the future, SubQuery is bringing a very much needed feature to apps that they'll all be able to use. And I'm sure many of them will want to use. And the Terra ecosystem has already brought it to other ecosystems, to other blockchains. Uh, I just want to quickly intro to people who aren't very technical. Uh, if you're aware of like the blockchain, right? Information in the Terra ecosystem, it's very easy for applications to ask what is true now, like who owns this NFT, who owns this NFT, but it's not easy. And you might've experienced this if you tried to track something's history through TerraFinder. It's not easy to get the history of something like where have all the, like all the transactions of an NFT, where has this NFT been? Who's owned it in the past? Like you've really got to do some groundwork. The infra there isn't really built out yet on Terra. And there are a lot of apps both currently in development or to be developed in the future that need it. That's exactly what SubQuery has brought to other chains and what SubQuery is bringing very soon to Terra. So James, first up, can you tell us a little bit about that problem and the kinds of apps that really might benefit from having subquery functionality? Yeah, you did a really good job of explaining it. Um, I liken to it to a book, right? A blockchain is like a book where every, every 10 seconds you write a new page and that page includes whatever's happened in the last 10 seconds. And it's very unstructured. It's just, a, as you say, a vomit of, of information on each page. But if you want to find out what pages you've appeared on, uh, or what pages you know your character has has appeared on in history? You have to go through each page kind of sequentially. You can't really just kind of skip through. You can't filter or sort or search for it. Um, a blockchain is a glorified linked list, and and that just makes things very difficult. Uh, so as you say, finding the current state very easy. Everything's all set up for that. Uh, but seeing how things change over time, or seeing the historic state of certain entities, or who owned an entity, a perfect example, uh, um, a year ago, that's very difficult. And that's what you need uh, indexing for, data indexing. So data indexing as a solution um, is what SubQuery is designed to do. Uh, many teams would have done this already. So a lot of teams would have built their own index or the data indexer. Uh, and uh, talking to many teams in the Terraria system already, many teams had done that. But that's like rewriting the wheel, the wheel each time. So SubQuery is an open source indexer uh it's a very basic kind of scaffold if you will where you can define how subquery will index your data you can tell subquery that i want to look at this smart contract and uh anytime there's something sent from this address and there's this event emitted on chain i want to save that information i want to store that information in a very organized way uh, and that's essentially all you have to do with subquery you define what you want to index, how you want to save it, and then you just basically plumb in the, the difference between the two. Uh, and from that, subquery will take all that data from the chain, it will process it, it will what we call index it or catch up, and then constantly keep 
keep up to date. And you get all your data in a nice, uh, highly performant database, a Postgres database, and you get a query endpoint. And you can query that data using GraphQL. You could, it's open source, so you could just use the Postgres database, but you could use GraphQL to then query that data. And you can query it from your apps, um, from your websites, from, from another blockchain, even from like an Oracle. Uh, a common example, we have many different customers uh, already in different ecosystems. Some of them are using it to uh, show data in, in like a scanner. So you want to have an explorer or a scanner for, for your blockchain. Da- Subquery is a perfect way to get that data in an organized format. Uh, we have many NFT customers or NFT marketplaces that want to show the purchase history or the transaction history of NFTs. Uh, some of GameFi, uh, you want to show who's won or lost previous games. You want to show what someone's uh, win-loss ratio is. You need historical data for that. Uh, again, DeFi, um, every vertical, every different industry uh, in blockchain needs historic data. It's, it's such a critical need. And um, Subquery is an open source tool that solves that problem. Now, you guys, uh, I know, have been active like in other ecosystems like Polkadot before. Uh, and this is sort of your debutante ball on terabytes here into the uh, Terra ecosystem. So uh, I, I'm curious, like, what, what piques your interest in Terra specifically? Because there are a ton of dApps, and in our opinion, they have the best UX out there. <clears throat> but um, I think something like Subquery could, of course, make it a lot easier for them to you know, do these queries, obviously it's in the name. So what's like, why now for, for Terra? Yeah, that's a great question. So we talked to a lot of our uh, investors and we asked them what, what ecosystem do you think is growing at kind of an exponential rate and has attracted a lot of really smart developers wanting to build the next generation of applications out there. Um, We don't want to, we don't care about those ecosystems that get get all the hype, uh, that get all the retail interest. We want ecosystems of, of smart developers building new things. And a name that just kept coming back to us was Terra. Um, now, we've already supported um, we, we've supported Polkadot since the start. Um, we announced a couple of weeks ago that we're providing support for Avalanche. Uh, but Terra is the next step in that. And I think partly that's because of the number of DeFi applications in Terra. Um, DeFi is a, a really fast-growing application kind of sector. And... All those applications need historical data. So there's a lot of real um, kind of similar use cases to what we've seen before uh, that directly need data and we can kind of relate to because we've, we've worked on that kind of project or a similar project before. Uh, so I guess that's one of the main reasons. But, yeah, we really enjoyed Terra. It's a very tight-knit ecosystem, and everyone kind of knows everyone. Uh, it's been interesting coming into it and talking to a few teams around the table, uh, but everyone's very friendly, and, and we've really been enjoying it so far. I can uh, I can give you a good example of like what I think subquery would be a powerful tool to use. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you know one of the th- the biggest challenges I think that Terra has in its ecosystem is uh, like the borrow side of Anchor, right? We want it to keep up with the deposits, and it's very easy to sell people on twenty percent. Uh, not so easy to sell people on potentially getting liquidated or whatever. Um, and so. Uh, you know, I, I've been on like AMAs with the anchor team before, and we've talked about trying to figure out where people who are borrowing from the anchor protocol, where they're spending that money uh, and where are those opportunities and how can we identify them, number one, but then number two, make it easier for them to then go in and like almost in the click of a button kind of borrow and then deploy that uh, the borrowed 
amount into like a, a higher yielding strategy than the the uh, the interest rate. Um, does that seem like something that you know, like like the people building an anchor protocol could use subquery for? And then, can you walk me through kind of like what would their experience be if they wanted to implement something like that? Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of value in providing tools that allow uh, the average person to follow the smart money. Uh, and Nansen does a really good job at this um, in other ecosystems. But, you know, it doesn't have to necessarily be Anchor building this tool. Anyone can. Um, all that data is publicly available. And that's kind of one of the big benefits of blockchain data is it's all publicly available. There's nothing stopping you from building an application on top of someone else's protocol. Uh, if it, you can provide a better user experience. So really subquery is about enabling uh, a faster development cycle and a much more superior user experience because that's the big important piece that we need for massive adoption of, of, of these technologies and these applications. Um, in terms of the process of, of walking through and, and actually building a subquery project, uh, it's very simple, and we make sure that the documentation is really simple. We have a huge amount of developer onboarding guides. We have workshops. We have video walkthroughs of how to build a subgroup project. It's one of our main priorities is making sure that, because all we're building is a tool that developers use, and so if that tool is hard to use, if that tool is hard to learn and understand, we're kind of failing in our job. So we make it very easy to get started. Um, you can go to our website. You can look at our documentation. You can follow the quick start guide. But you would download um, a sample project. You would uh, decide what events or transactions or uh, um, whatever, like there's certain things that you'd look for on, on the Terra protocol. Uh, and you would basically pick the right ones. And you would first kind of subscribe to those. Whenever one of those gets emitted on chain, you would then do something. And you would basically in subquery just write and describe using TypeScript. Uh, I received this t this data, so let's say this event that was emitted on chain when when a trans a transfer happened or a um, a withdrawal happened from the Anchor protocol, uh, and I would then run that through a TypeScript function. I would save that into a database, and that's all that needs to happen. Uh, Subquery would then go from the start of history all the way to today and collect all the data of all the different times it's happened and get that into a format that you can then use. So it's a very basic three step process. If you're querying tons and tons of data, um, would you need to like then have to spin up your own node in order to make that happen? Yeah, so we um, subquery requires the data be in, in an archive node or an unpruned node. Um, as part of our work to provide subquery to the community, we're also spinning up a, an archive node, and we're going to provide that for free for subquery. Uh, and that's kind of exciting. It's also a lot of work. There's a lot of data in Terra, and an archive node is, is absolutely huge. Uh, but yes, you need a, you need to get access to a, a node, and that could be run by yourself or by a third party provider uh, to access that data on the blockchain. But then running the subquery project, you can run that locally using Docker. Um, it's very easy as a developer just to run it in Docker. It's one single command. But subquery, we also realized that the last thing that teams want to be doing is running infrastructure. Um, people aren't expert at running infrastructure. DevOps is a very tricky, uh, finicky uh, profession. And when things break, they really break. And there's nothing worse than um, your app going down, your decentralized application going down because it relied on a, a service that you had to run in a centralized way. So there's two ways that we're trying to 
also solve that problem in subquery. Firstly, we provide a managed service to our community and to any developer using subquery, and that's completely free, and it always will be. Uh, so you can publish your subquery project to that managed service, and we will run that for you in a highly performant, highly available, uh, productionized environment. Uh, we run this for some of the biggest wallets in Polkadot, and we, for them, they rely r- require a higher level of availability, and we run that at like a 99.9% uptime, where we have multiple redundant services around the world ready to fall over as soon as it needs to. So we can run the infrastructure for you and allow you to get your app up and running without having you to worry about DevOps and running infrastructure. Now, there's the other piece, which is the subquery network, right? So the whole point of decentralized technologies is not to have a centralized uh, player in there, right? As soon as there's a centralized piece in the puzzle, it all kind of falls apart. There's nothing more embarrassing for your decentralized application to crash because some servers went down. So what we're doing at subquery is building and testing right now, actually. We just launched a testnet um, last week. Uh, we're testing and launching the subquery network, which is a decentralized network where uh, anyone can index data um, or can select a subquery project to index data for. They can do the hard work running the infrastructure, and they can be rewarded in subquery tokens for any data that they kind of sell to the community. Um, and that's a big step, and we can kind of talk about that later, uh, more in depth later. Yeah, sure. I'd love to talk about that more in depth. Uh, <laughs> maybe now, unless uh, someone else has another interjection, right? Like you're, if you're running a network of, uh, so we we'll call them third party, right? The decentralized network of indexers, you need some way to incentivize them. Typically, that's a token. And we've seen that in other uh, query indexing solutions on other chains like the graph, which I'm sure we'll compare a lot of things to in this chat, right? Uh, the graph indexes data and makes it available on Ethereum and some other chains too. I, I haven't kept up to date entirely with all the chains the graph is on, but um, and uh, the indexers get rewarded in graph tokens. So uh, tell us a little bit more about how the SQT token works, uh, how it how it rewards indexers, um, the flow of value there. You know, maybe we've got some charts that we could uh, throw up in the middle of this discussion, but not at the very beginning. Um, and, uh, and yeah, tell us about the token and also is the token a thing now or is it just coming soon? Yeah, sure, Pete. So, uh, fundamentally it's quite similar to the graph in terms of, uh, at that core where you have an indexer that will pick a project, a subquery project will decide that this looks promising. It looks like there'll be a market for this data. Uh, they'll look like there'll be applications that need it. It's well written. It uh, looks quite nice. Um, it's a good data set. And indexers will pick those projects. They will do the hard work to index those. So they'll run the infrastructure themselves. They will index that data. And they will go to the board and they'll say, look, I have this data. Um, I'm ready to sell it. Uh, and they can trend, they can exchange, or consumers, the people that want the data, uh, can exchange subquery tokens uh, for that data at a pre-agreed price. Uh, so very basic in that in that format. There's of course delegators, a third kind of member or, or party in this ecosystem where um, you can essentially stake or delegate your spare subquery tokens to your favorite indexer and receive a cut of their rewards. So if an index is doing fantastically well, uh, you can delegate to them. They earn a larger piece of the pie because they have more staked or delegated tokens, 
uh, and they will share that larger piece with their delegators at a pre-agreed rate. So that's a fundamental kind of the, the basic level of stuff. Where it gets a bit tricky is, is, is one of, and where the main kind of differentiation is with the graph is at the moment on the graph network, um, the graph only supports Ethereum subgraph projects on the graph network. So the first thing is we've built a subquery network from the outset to uh, work with any chain that we work with. And as I said, at the moment, we're working with Polkadot, we're working with uh, Avalanche, and now we're working with Terra. Uh, there'll be many more coming after that. Uh, and any of those projects from any of those chains will work on the subquery network. Uh, the second thing is what we've done in our payment methods. Now, we are building the, a subquery network on a DeFi protocol on Polkadot called Akala, um, and there's a couple of benefits that provides. One is that, yes, we can support this transactional pricing model that you see a lot in the industry today, and I think if you look at every kind of service out there in, in a decentralized service, you'll see a, kind of a transactional model where, you know, you pay per atomic unit of of, of service, right? Um, you pay query fees, um, or you pay per per, per data, um, or like per transaction, and and that atomic pricing model, that transactional pricing model, it kind of works in a decentralized way, but. If you look at the current world right now, when was the last time you paid per something, right? It was like iTunes store back in early 2000s. At the moment, everything is, is subscription pricing. The music you listen to, the movies and TV you watch, even the applications that you use, they're all subscription pricing. And there's reasons for that. One is that there's price certainty and there's, there's cost certainty. You know that if you go to sleep tonight and suddenly you get Elon Musk tweeting about your application and you have a 1,000 people jump on it, you're not going to be bankrupt tomorrow. Um, there's price certainty around knowing that uh, this month it's going to cost this amount. Um, but also on the other side, as a, as, a, as a data provider, you have certainty saying this month um, my revenue is going to be properly around this amount um, because you can predict that more easy. It's a lot more steady and stable. So it's better for consumers, it's better for businesses. Uh, and we're trying to incorporate that into the subquery network with um uh, payment models. So we support the transactional model, of course. It's our fallback. But we're expecting a lot of interest in um, a model that we're going to support where you can basically say to the world, um, I promise to um, pay you a 1,000 subquery tokens per month if you give me up to a million requests per day. Uh, and we think that that model will provide a lot more certainty to both parties. How and when is this incentive network launching? The yeah, so we, we, and... we've just launched the test network last week. Uh, so far, everything's going pretty well. Uh, we had one issue with the faucet going down, but that's 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 teething issues that you always have when you launch a test network. Um, we're progressively expanding the size of the test network. But as I said, things are going really well. We've kind of been impressed and somewhat surprised by how well things have gone. When you're developing very new technologies it's, it's a bit unknown how many bugs you're going to find but yeah things are really well so far so uh it's hard to say we want to run a, a couple more cycles of the test network and then as soon as that's done and we have the confidence in what we're doing we're looking at launching the subquery token about three weeks after that so we've already lined up uh launch pads and, and exchanges we've already lined up all these pieces uh, we're ready to go we just want to prove that the test network's running well we want to prove that the value flow that we've described is is, is operational, and uh, that you know the the vision that we've we've been talking about for the last year uh, will become reality very soon. That's kind of 
the big the big challenge for this 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 month this quarter i believe we have some uh, value flow charts uh, yeah let's somewhere. talk about that yeah oh, so this man. is um it's quite complicated but let's zoom in on the lower third like lower left third of those boxes there so these boxes really all they refer to as the three different payment methods um, and if you kind of simplify them into one thing, it, it simplifies the whole thing. But essentially, you have a pay-as-you-go reward pool, which is your transactional pricing. So this is just I pay the advertised price. Um, but the right-hand two are, are what we call open and closed agreements. Uh, and agreements are agreements between two or more parties. Um, so a closed agreement is me agreeing with an indexer or a single indexer that um, just on a one-to-one -one agreement that I'll buy this amount of uh, data from you and I'll pay you this amount of subquery tokens. The middle one open agreement is where the market sets a price. So let's say there's a, a steady, a, like a standard price, which is a, a thousand subquery tokens for a million daily requests. And you might have multiple consumers and multiple indexes saying, actually at that price point, I can, I can agree to that. And as a result, you get a lot better performance because you have, you're not making requests to a single indexer. You're making requests to potentially hundreds of indexes. And really the biggest thing with performance in a, in a, in a tool like subquery is latency. Subquery is a, is a glorified content delivery network. Uh, it's there to provide read-only data to applications. So the more people around the world running uh, edge nodes or, or nodes providing this content, the more performance you get because you drive down the latency you increase the reliability and resiliency by having more kind of sharded uh, decentralized providers. Uh, so we're really looking at the open agreement board pool. That's the model that we like the most. And we're hoping that there's going to be multiple players come to the party or come to the, come to the game um, with that one. So that's those three kind of payment models talk about how you got plans, you advertise a plan, and then you, you create an agreement from that plan. But then you have these reward pools, and these are basically fancy ways of how you uh, distribute uh, rewards to different indexes. And then you have delegators at the bottom right, delegating and um, delegating to the indexes staking contract, which then goes into that reward pool. And the more that they stake, the more portion of the rewards they get. Um, and the rest of it isn't as, as important, right? But there's a lot going on. Um, I always think I need to increase the size of the arrows, uh, <laughs> but it's really just kind of throw it all in there. Um, it's very hard to design these kind of, these diagrams that cover everything, but also easy enough to glance at and uh, make. So, I have a quick question: the subquery treasury, will there be like some SQT staking and, uh, like, in, like is that protocol owned, something or other? I don't know what it is. What what does the yeah. subquery treasury do? Who who owns it? What is it used for? Or what is it directed towards? So we're setting up the subquery foundation, and that's really designed to guide and foster development of the subquery network. Um, so the Subquery Foundation will be a not, non-profit that we'll kind of okay. hand over to. And um, that will kind of be the ownership. And the, the long-term vision here is to move towards a DAO once the Subquery network kind of takes off, it stabilizes. Um, that Subquery Foundation will become more and more of a DAO or adopt more qualities of a DAO over time. Now, the Treasury is designed um, for a few different ones. One is to reward people developing on on the subquery network, so reward the core developers going forward for ongoing work. Uh, but also, more primarily, we do a lot of community stuff with subquery. For example, we're running a grants program right now where we're giving away uh, half a million worth of uh, half a million US dollars 
to encourage developers to build new applications using subquery. And that's huge in Polkadot. Um, it's also something we'll look at bringing into Terra once we launch there and, and get settled. Uh, but Treasury from the subquery network is a perfect example of, of all these kind of community growth strategies. So how do we participate in sponsored hackathons? How do we um, ensure we're giving away grants to new developers that want to build new applications? How do we continue to foster uh, the ecosystem? And that's really what the, the Treasury is for. So you plan to become actively involved in the, like like app development in general, right? Obviously, you want them to use subquery because subquery is a great tool and it's you know aligned incentives there. But it's definitely on your biz dev roadmap, or at least you think it's on your biz dev roadmap once you break into Terra to support Terra hackathons and other developer uh, like events and things that happen. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's critical yeah. to our success, right? Without subquery, is just a tool. And as I said before, you know, one priority is to make sure the tool is easy to use, but also the other mm-hmm. priority is to make sure that many people use the tools so that we can we can focus on improving the tool and everyone benefits. So we do a lot of work around hackathons, around workshops, around collaborations with other teams, and around grants. And, and you can go to our website right now um, and there's a grants page and you can see a list of about 30 different grants that we've worked up with different ecosystem teams in Polkadot. It would be very similar. So if Anchor want someone potentially to build a, a new um, application or a, a, new, uh, a new feature to theirs, um, they could work with us to provide that as a bounty to the community. That's a common pattern that we do. I'm heading over there right now uh, to look for this this grants page. So I'm going to steal the screen share from you, Joseph. Go for it. Um, grants right here up at the top. Oh, go to applications. Well, this is cool. Anyway, um, head to subquery.network to uh, see some uh, stuff about subquery. Uh, where's the... Uh, yeah, right oh, here there. Here you go. Some bounties. Yeah, you can apply for grants programs. You see these are all on... Uh, Polkadot so These far. Are Polkadot Many moment, are on Akala. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, great. So so you're bringing this to Avalanche as of recently. How long have you been on Polkadot and Avalanche? So we've we've launched on Polkadot. Well, we've been on Polkadot since our inception back in uh, February last year, February 2021. Uh, Polkadot's been tricky because Polkadot's got this multi-chain kind of approach where right. uh, there are all these what we call parachains in Polkadot. Uh, which are all slightly different, um, but similar enough that you can make it work, but just slightly different to be a pain in the ass. Um, but it's also set us up quite nicely to be multi-chain in terms of we've built a very configurable uh, fundamental subquery system, or like node indexer, uh, and then extending that to Terra, extending that to Avalanche as well is pretty straightforward. We've just announced support for Avalanche uh, three weeks ago. Um, we're about to launch the first... Uh, development SDK version for Avalanche. Um, we kind of launched it in time for the Avalanche Summit they had in Barcelona uh, and did a lot of meeting a lot of teams there. Um, but here you can see an Explorer. This is examples of our managed service mm-hmm. where we have all these different projects here. Uh, this Is, is a, there one you'd like me to go to or was that one fine? That one is fine. Um, okay. There are there are hundreds here and we're running, a hundred, we're running hundreds of millions of that. queries through the system every day. So um, for example, Nova Wallet at the bottom there, these are the largest wallets on Polkadot. Uh, mm-hmm. We have at the top there, just run you through some of what some of these projects are. Um, so they have a project for every different parachain in Polkadot, and there's like 40 of them because there's quite a lot of 
different chains working out there. Right. It's a bit of it's a bit bit complex. Um, if you scroll to the top, there's uh, so for example, you've got Karua is one of the largest DeFi products. Same with uh, Parallel Finance, uh, Moonbeam's marketplace. The one on the top right is an NFT platform on Moonbeam. Same with Codadot. That's another NFT platform. Sora mm-hmm. is a decentralized exchange. We're one of the largest in Polkadot, and we have a few others um, that we need to update in this featured list. Uh, we have NFT platforms. We have, if you scroll down a little bit more, what else we got? Oh, sorry. Um, but yeah, there's, and then Subscan is, for example, a uh, a scanner, a, a explorer, the main explorer for Polkadot. So very, lots of very different projects. Um, but so I can come in and actually, I can come in and actually play around yeah, here. Yeah, if you the, press uh, the play icon variability. Yeah, absolutely right. So this is the playground. And you can see the docs on the top right. It's like a docs draw by the right. healthy status. Oh, this way. Yeah. And mm-hmm. you click on query and you can kind of see all the different, if you click on just the query, yeah, you can see all the different entities that you can query. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with GraphQL, Pete, but um, yeah. it's basically like SQL, but safe mm-hmm. to do over the internet. Um, and we provide this endpoint. Um, this app will be using this endpoint. And this is constantly indexing in the background. Great. So yeah, and you provide uh, open access to all these these projects running. Great. Uh, you can sign on, up today if you get Hub account, and you can publish a a subquery project to this today. Fantastic. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Go to subquery.network to play around with what's on Polkadot so far, and get excited about uh, the same things coming <laughs> to the Terra ecosystem. Um, all right. So that's a. Uh, those are the general questions I had. The token, the project, what you know, what you've done so far. Which uh, you know, I I haven't been that involved in Polkadot, um, you know. So I I haven't uh, I know what all these projects are, but I haven't run into you guys until very recently when uh, I heard you were coming onto Terra. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your launch on Terra, like launch partners, launch uh, rollout, um, guests at a timeline, something like that. So yeah, in terms of timelines, we are. Um, this has been released at the same time that we're uh, launching our support. Um, so if you go to the Subquery Network website now and you go to our documentation, you will see brand new documentation with the Terra information. What we'll do is also put a, a medium post that kind of walks through the, the greatest hits and the main points. Uh, it will also provide a sample project um, that covers every possible feature, a kitchen sink kind of project, if you will. Uh, that you can try out, you can adapt. Um, in terms of launch partners, uh, where we've talked to basically everyone um, at the moment, and we're working with them now just to see what works and what doesn't. That doesn't stop you from starting to use Subquery at the moment, but we are looking forward to uh, announcing different projects with different partners all through the week from here on out. And uh, I can't give any sneak, sneak peeks, but um, there's a lot of them. Um, what we've commonly found is that a lot of teams have either struggled without an indexing solution or they've built their own right now. And uh, we're looking forward to providing a single tool across the ecosystem uh, to save people from redoing the same work that other people have done. All right, great. Um, Joseph, do you have anything else you'd like to uh, ask? Otherwise, we'll we'll wrap it. Uh, I had a general question as to NFT use cases for this. I'm starting to learn more about how NFTs and the historical uh, performance of NFTs and their transactional histories kind of can influence like a valuation for a project. Hmm. I'm just kind of curious as to 
what kind of implementations have you have already been seen with NFTs? And especially with an ecosystem like with Terra, where the NFT scene is like starting to grow now, I can see a huge like use case for being able to, to take this query data. I just wanted to kind of get a, gain a little bit of insight into what other people have come up with. Yeah, most um, most of our customers in Polkadot that have done the NFT stuff or, or in the NFT sector uh, use it to uh, pre- predominantly index historical uh, transactions around those NFTs. But the, the, the real kind of value proposition is in what you do with that historical data. So I've seen customers using it to calculate like a predicted future value. I've seen customers use it to obviously just calculate the floor price. Mm-hmm. Um uh, but I've also seen customers use it to create a, a social kind of dashboard or like a, like a more of a social community around the NFTs. So not just, um, not just calculating for and min max and, and expected future price from a financial sense, but also using it to kind of build this community of, of, of who was the previous owners of your NFT, what mm. NFTs do you have in common with them? Uh, what NFTs can you talk about with this person? Um, you know, who has an NFT, if you're missing an NFT that you're wanting, who has that? Um, and who can you potentially trade with? Because they also want one that you have. Because you can kind of get this global view of who owns everything or who owns what. Um, and you can use that to kind of create some pretty cool use cases around that social aspect, that social trading. Um, what else? Yeah, there's been a lot of like really strange things. And this is one of the best <laughs> things about being in this space is that we work for a lot of teams. We see a lot of different projects come through. Mm-hmm. and they all have these different ideas around it. Um, some are doing similar things, but everyone's got something slightly different, and uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what comes out of it, um, what ideas people have, because that's, yeah, as I said at the start, we just build the tool. It's how you wield that tool, how you use that tool, how you apply that tool. That is up to the developers themselves. Yeah, looking forward to seeing what subquery launching on Terra. I mean, it has launched by this point when the video drops, but looking forward to see what people will build with subquery. Some things, of course, we know about, but some things, as you said, will surprise us, will surprise the subquery team, and uh, we'll see people put together things that we couldn't even think of as they have access to these new tools and data. Thanks so much for coming on, James. Thanks for bringing subquery to Terra, and thanks for bringing yourself to Terabytes. If you're watching, please... uh, Go ahead, rate, review, subscribe, all the things. Click like, uh, rig those algos, rig those evil YouTube and Twitter and whatever algos to uh, point fintech fans, crypto fans, blockchain fans, uh, just normal people around the world to these videos, to these projects, to this ecosystem so that they can all as well, like you did, discover Terra by discovering Terabytes. We'll see you again soon.